Greetings program, hello and welcome to Tronologically Speaking, a movie-by-minute podcast talking about Disney's 1982 movie Tron. This is Minute 77. I'm your host, Duncan Shields, and returning with me today is my mysterious, delightful, and precocious guest co-host, Kyle Natal. Welcome, Kyle. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. It's great to have you back. Uh, so let's see what happens in this minute. Flynn survives the energy transference stunt with groggy hilarity. And the solar sailor goes through a very trippy tunnel, which uh, it's it's oh, it's a very wild tunnel. It's I'm very confused and delighted by this. How tunnel. did how did you think that they did that? Because I don't think that that was digital. Uh, well, they mentioned that um, in the commentary on the creator's commentary, they mentioned that the tunnel. The short answer is I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it was CG because the. Uh, the gradients are so uniform and That's so true. so well done, and tracking in three D space yeah, would have been a nightmare to do otherwise. But I just you know you haven't seen anything like that in the rest of the film. Like yeah, a, a moving texture. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah, right. And it's like, wait a second. And uh, I think that like it was an effect that they had used. I think it was Triple I had used in a commercial a few years earlier. And so the guy that was working on the film had worked on that commercial with Triple I. I was like, oh, hey, I remember that effect from that commercial a couple of years ago? <laughs> we could use that here. And so that's what they ended up doing. Um, but as to how they did it, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. But the camera is panning around it as they go through. So right. I imagine that it was just a, a CG uh, shifting gradient. I don't know if they were actually moving the texture or, or how they were doing it. Maybe but. they moved the set around and the oh. I doubt it I doubt it it happens all the time right <laughs> but it could be <laughs> it could be it could be they were just that's the tunnel moving not the uh, <laughs> not the textures yeah yeah that's a that's a good one yeah it could be that uh, yeah I don't know how they did it I don't know how they did it that's a, that'd be something to ask them if they were in the room so let's see uh, Flynn is lying limp like a floppy hood ornament on the front of the solar sailor it's uh, in these shots, I'd say that the solar sailor kind of looks like the crown of the Statue of Liberty and it turned over on its side or maybe some kind of a like a low poly star nose mole or something like that. That that big uh, that big nose. It's weird to see that that metal flower on the front, you know, because that's something that it just doesn't look very aerodynamic or mm-hmm. like that. But this is uh, this is a Mobius design. So. It's pretty cool the way the way they made it the way they made it look. I imagine the original um, concept designs for it were a lot more flowing and bulbous, and mm-hmm. now it's kind of been made into something a bit more hard edged. But they got most of that look, which I'm surprised yeah. by. Most of the other models in this film are very rigid. Yeah, very rigid, like the recognizers themselves, because mm-hmm. that's a that's a design that didn't change from its first sketch, like in 1978 or whatever. That was the first sketch of the recognizer. Bang! That's what's in the film. But it's real rigid. Yeah, can, comparing the recognizers to the solar sailors, you're like, those look like very, they they look like they come from different universes for, for sure. sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. Because the solar sailor is like this flimsy wasp kind of kind of design, you know. But it's beautiful and mm-hmm. ornate. And, but yeah, it's like a butterfly. Mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of what it is. The solar solar sailor is designed to look fragile, uh, and then the other ones are designed to look brutish and mm-hmm. monolithic and scary. It would be cool to see if the if the the recognizers could reconfigure, 
Oh yeah, different modes. Yeah, because they're all made of like it's, they're, they're made of the, all those different parts. And then and when uh, when Flynn's flying his around, it takes a good hit, and all the parts right come apart, and they start flying around by themselves. Which also, when you take into account that they're animating this blind, <laughs> you're like <laughs> yeah. what? Now you've got like twenty three parts of the recognizer all rotating on their own axes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just it's astounding. Do you think that, like, there's a collision? Like, oh, we got to throw it out. Yeah, that's it. We got to throw it out. It's like, do we? Do we? Like, Well, they really embraced their limitations. So, like, They sure did. Even if they had a collision or some kind of error, I'm sure it would have worked fine. Yeah, yeah. They really they really had a way of doing it. But, yeah, it would be cool to see if the uh, if they could somehow the, the pincers could come off and then go behind them and make them into some sort of more streamlined fast mode or right well that one or, does kind of combine its legs and then stomp down oh it does that's right in the beginning yeah but and then they uh, don't really uh, do much with it no they they that's about all they do it stomps on clue and uh captures clue to take him to be derezzed and then it, the other one tries to stomp on the bikes uh, before giving them a very, very convenient window of escape. <laughs> Almost there. Back up. That's, yeah, why, back down that's up. why they don't con- That's why they don't transform. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's like the driver was like forward, backward. No, is it forward? How does this? Oh, no. Oh, they escaped. I've got two axes of control. <laughs> I've got two axes of control. Uh, oh, you can go forward and back. Oh, you want to go down. Oh, that's okay. Bit, how do I go down? Yes. <laughs> really glad you're here, Bit. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Thanks for your help. Uh, Flynn weakly lifts his head up as the theme to Tron plays on the oboe plaintively. I think it's an oboe. Uh, we hear Tron tippy-tapping his way over the bulb of the front of the solar sailor to Flynn. And this is a smooth, curved, pristine surface up here. Like one slip and you're falling into the game sea. So it's like the shoes of the programs are made of nonstick plastic running along nonstick plastic surfaces or like porcelain surfaces. Like it's not a lot of grip. So I think it's pretty daring of Tron to run along the smooth surface like this. Cause I don't know how any of them, it's like, uh, I remember when I went curling, you've got that one shoe that, uh, it's super slippery. So you can go down on your knee and, and, and coast along. And, uh, if you, it's got like no friction on it, so if you if you mess up at all, you're you're on your you're on your butt or you you got a head wound because well, you've slipped. But definitely not magnetic because that would ruin the entire system. Uh, that's right. There's no magnets in the grid. That would be oh my gosh, here comes a magnet. You know, that'd be like a black hole almost right. or something. That would be a horrifying event. Right, a big magnetic storm comes along and just erases everybody. Yeah, mass de-resing. There was uh, there's a, a concept that my friend Sam brought up in the last trio of minutes called the cryptonometron, which is like uh, the extended offshoot stories and concepts of the grid world and all the uh, answered questions. So, it's, but it's just like this like three phone book volume of uh, <laughs> like oh yeah magnetic storms sure that would be fantastic like all the concepts that you can come up with for this world you know and all the stories that you could set here and. And, uh, you know, questions you could answer. It's just, I just, I find it bottomless. I find that the musing for this world is uh, is kind of bottomless for the concepts that you could introduce or the concepts that they touch on here mm-hmm. but don't explore because they, they don't have time. You know, there's yeah. no time, right? This could easily be like a, an eight movie, uh, what's the word with that? Octology, you know, like <laughs> I think, you know, like it would be, it would be, uh, I want to see more, I want to see more Tron. And I'm, I've gone this deep on this movie 
and I would still just can't wait to see more Tron. So that's a good sign, I think. You know what we should do is make a Dungeons and Dragons manual for a Tron adventure. Oh, that's how incredible would that be? That's a good idea. I've never seen anything like that. No, that would be really cool because yeah, they've got. I mean, they do it for everything else. Mm-hmm. I've seen superheroes. I've seen uh, real world stuff. I've seen Shadowrun and yeah, I mean Shadowrun would be the closest, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, not quite the same. Yeah, because they did have some cyber heists in uh, in Shadowrun, if I remember the the modules correctly. So yeah, that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. That'd be really cool. Mm, and you could sort of generate your own adventures in there. You heard it here first. Uh, uh, original idea, do not steal. Original idea, do not steal. Copywriting as we speak. <laughs> uh, so Tron runs up to Flynn, grabbing him just before he pitches forward into the beam itself, which I didn't notice until, you know, watching this again. Is like Flynn is, what? Just about to fall face first off of the ship into the, into the nuclear energy. And then, uh, but Tron catches him. And Flynn is boneless and a little slap happy. He slurs, did we make it? And Tron responds, yeah, with a big old Tron smile, that big Bruce Boxleitner hero smile. And Flynn responds with a very funny, uh, hooray for our side, with a little whoop de doo finger spin as uh, he looks off into the middle distance, all, a little distance, all groggy and delirious. Tron easily slings Flynn into a fireman's carry and carries him back to the stern. The stern. And this uh, the scene kind of reminds me of the Starman scene where uh, Jeff Bridges' Starman character gets drunk for the first time, and because he's never drank before, he uh, he like one beer and he's totally gone. And uh, or at least I think they did that in the movie. They might have done it in the TV series. I remember there was a a short lived TV series they tried to make of Starman. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, starring the 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 lead guy from Airplane. Robert Hayes there. He was he played the, the, the titular character. And there was definitely some comedic moments where he would get super drunk and that was the that was the thing. It was a very tonally very different film from the very different T V series from the uh, from the movie. Which is probably why it only I don't even know if it went a full season. I'm, they got the name, you know, we don't need anything else. Uh, yeah. Have you seen I don't know. Yeah, something about an alien? I don't know. Let's go. Uh, the music here almost goes comical, but it sort of manages to stay serious and sort of intriguing. But there's a bit of just a little, a little bit of a silly, uh, silly riff there. We get a shot of the solar sailor heading fast towards a mountainous wall, but there's a wide trapezoid tunnel cut into it with the very trippy <laughs> tunnel walls cut through it, framing and the energy beam. Like the walls are like we were talking this ladder of pastel gradients that cycle down the length of the of the tube of the tunnel which is pretty cool the music kicks in here and i love this particular theme because it's like tron's traveling music you know it's this it's just really cool and i don't it's weird because i don't really remember this scene from the from the movie from seeing it for the first time i don't really remember this uh this tunnel and you'd think this is one of those scenes that would be burned into my memory because <laughs> it's a it's a wild departure from the rest of the film and this tunnel is like what is happening you know like i don't know like what do they say here yeah like i guess nothing really happens here so but i don't, I don't know if the novel or the uh or the screenplay will offer up something about the up about the tunnel when we go through those but I think it's just signifying you're entering the MCP's domain. I think that that's what it's meaning. Like, yeah, like this is the wall that surrounds 
wherever they're going. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's a bit intimidating. It's a bit intimidating. Kind of like in like Blade Runner twenty forty nine, they go like over the wall to mm-hmm. the outside of the city to the ocean or whatever. Like I think that's all it is. It's a it's a border or a barrier of of some kind. I don't know if it's naturally occurring or if it was created. But uh, that's the, the landscape questions or something that, that really come up a lot. You're like, so did somebody make these mountains? Or Right, yeah, they're entering into some really cool fractal noise mountains. What right is now. the game see? Like <laughs> they talk about, in the, in the novel, they talk about Cindy Morgan, uh, or sorry, Yori mentions that a lot of programs go missing out here because of the pirates and, oh. the, <laughs> and the grid eaters, the giant mm-hmm. grid eaters. And it's like, what <laughs> you know yeah. what are those and then in legacy you've got these naturally occurring isomorphs that come out of the wilds and uh but i'm like what are the wilds like what does this game see like is this <laughs> it's like yeah that actually programmers were like i don't know what it does but you know we got to include it somewhere like what function does it serve in the the program or the computer i don't i don't get it yeah i don't know <laughs> but it's there so yeah but like was the tunnel blasted into the mountain was there code employed to create this mountain bypassing tunnel? Is it a naturally occurring phenomenon? Or is it an Easter egg sort of glitch that's being exploited? You know, Or does the energy beam with all its power just cut through the mountains and creates this kind of conduit? You know, like, So I don't know. But those are all mm. cryptonomatron <laughs> questions. That's right. Answers. Refer to the cryptonomatron. Re- refer to the uh, cryptonomatron when you, when you get there. They mentioned that the comic. Oh yeah, that's right. This is a this is a, a an effect used in a commercial that Triple I done previously. We do get some. The one cool thing about this minute is that we get some very clear shots of the solar sailor. Mm-hmm. This is just a camera focused right on the solar sailor, doing like almost a full one eighty spin around it. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a product demonstration or something. Aside from the from the from the wacky wacky cycling tripped out tunnel background. But I didn't notice um, that it has this extremely long antenna sticking up mm. from the top of it, like higher than the sails, right in the middle. So that was uh, kind of cool. Again, adding to its complete fragility. It's, I, you know, more and more I'm kind of marveling that the uh, energy pulse didn't take it out. <laughs> yeah, and I, even the sails are semi-transparent. At yeah, the scene, like... well, it looks like it's made of like, you know, tissue paper and balsa mm-hmm. wood, and then uh, it somehow managed to take on that, that huge you know, energy burst. It's very cool. Solar Sailor, well designed. NASA. What can- <laughs> NASA, what can you say? Right? Uh, we cut out to, we come through the other side of the tunnel and we cut to Flynn's face being cradled by the hands of Yori. And I notice her nails here. And, uh, and now, you know, like everything else, I'm wondering if, do programs cut their nails? Hmm. Right? Like, are the programs constant or do they age and decay? Like, I suppose a clue in Legacy is anything to go by. Uh, then no, they don't. They could feasibly change their nails to be longer or change their hair to be shorter, but it wouldn't happen as a natural consequence of existing. But then we've got Dumont, who's like an older program, so I'm like, so <laughs> was he created old? Or he was he, he was created as a, I guess he was created as an aspect of his creator. Yeah, so at the time was old. <laughs> it's kind of like, I guess, being turned into a vampire. Mm, like if you get right. turned into a vampire when you're six, then... You're six forever, you know, or if you get turned into a vampire when you're 72, it's like, well, you're 72 forever, you know. So start programming young. Start <laughs> programming young. You want all your young programs to be out there representing you in the <laughs> in the grid. And uh, so she asks, is he de And Tron responds, no, but I couldn't tell you why not. 
and uh, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> constantly. <laughs> like, constantly. Again, he took 72 bullets to the chest, but somehow he's fine. Flynn opens his eyes. He sees Yori with a, with a flourish of the harp. Uh, she's out of focus and comes into focus with a smile looking down at him. It's hard to tell exactly where they are here. It seems to be in a covered room, but there's not much cover on the solar sailor, so I don't know what this background is. She gives a little nostril flare and a smile. Uh, Flynn sighs and says, I'm all in one piece. I guess I'm still with you. And with this shot, there's nothing above them, so I'm not sure where that background was from in the shot before. Perhaps it was maybe from a different scene, and they stitched it in here. They wanted to like separate her from the background. Oh, oh maybe it's yeah. just something as, as plain as that. <laughs> yeah. right? yeah. It looked cool. It looked cool. Uh, there's probably tons of that in this movie. Where, <laughs> what does that do? Oh, I don't know. Just looks great, though, right? But well, the thing yeah. is, like when you because it was all entirely storyboarded, right? Yeah. Like, so and like exhaustingly storyboarded so there's not that many accidents like you no. do think through every shot when you do have an opportunity like that so yeah but it could have just been yeah like it looked better <laughs> yeah like they had to not only do uh a storyboard they had to do storyboards from like the left the right and the top what really yeah like sort of they had to get the, those three views going as well as what the camera's looking like what what the shot should look like so like each frame had like you know four storyboards or five storyboards or six storyboards to it so it was really really exhaustively yeah yeah measured out but i think maybe for an insert shot of a face like this even so you got to create the background yeah there's not a lot of willy-nilly slapdash throwing stuff around in this movie so so yeah that's a good that's a very good point um a little meteor shoots past as flynn struggles to sit up he starts to say, tell the guy with the jackhammer to lay off, but it gets uh, cut off just by the end of the minute. Some more comedy from Flynn. I remember laughing at these jokes as a kid going, oh, uh-huh, jackhammer. Well, he's very endearing the whole movie. Like He's, he's got this bravado, endear- yeah. Yeah, like somebody was saying that they could maybe see Kurt Russell doing this. You know, I could see that too. You know? yeah. But the list of other people that you could see doing this role is pretty short, mm-hmm. you know? Like if it was Tom Selleck or something like that, then we're talking about a whole different, a whole different movie. And he probably wouldn't shave. <laughs> he wouldn't shave the stash for uh, at this point, eighty-two. So Maybe. he was considered for the role. No, I just oh, no, pulled. I just pulled him out of the. Pulled him out of the. We, someone needs to deepfix that right now. Deepfix it right now. <laughs> How would they make his mustache is just like a glowing blue caterpillar? Right, right, because it's black, so it right? would poke through. Like, the, well, actually, they had to do a mat, I guess, for the face. Yeah. Like, so I guess they wouldn't. The mustache wouldn't glow. They talk about the decision earlier where they had to, because the idea was that the skin, this, their skin in their face, uh, would have no, like their clothes or their skin, mm-hmm. and there would be no tone difference between that in their face mm-hmm. right and so but then when they filmed it they were like this isn't working and so they had to mat out their face and hands and teeth and eyes and so that was like well that's another four passes yeah on every single frame per character dang yeah, <laughs> yeah. per character right yeah per character so it's immediately you know multiplied in terms of uh, differences between the screenplay and the novel it's uh, pretty much the same except that flynn says oh mommy as he wakes up and opens with, uh, are you guys okay? Which makes Tron laugh his head off, which is kind of a nice kind of a nice moment. But I can see why they, they cut it off. But the trippy tunnel is just described as a gap in the wall at the end of the game scene. Mm. So there's no explanation there. So 
some artists well they had the commercial like yeah. hey hold on guys i got this we got we need we need to give the audience something to look at here i think there's a lot of decisions that were based on like uh, this is a visual medium and these guys are just hanging out on a boat we really have to put some stuff in here so i think yeah. maybe that's definitely what they were thinking um and the screenplay is pretty much the same as the movie but there isn't even a mention of the tunnel or the gap at all in mm-hmm. the in the screenplay so yeah, it's like you were saying. They needed the shooting stars in the background. So, like, let's just put a big, a big wacky tunnel. Well, not wacky, a beautiful. It's a really beautiful effect. And the colors they use are kind of not used in the rest of the movie. No, so they're like licorice kind of colors. Yeah, <laughs> so it's very interesting, a very interesting choice. Because it looks like the interior of the mountain. It looks like if you cut a gobstopper in half, you get mm-hmm. that, you know, those layers of colors. It's like, well, that's what would be inside anything. Like if yeah. you cut a program in half and it didn't derez, it would have like, I imagine it would look Whoa. like the mountain inside, you know. Wow. That's pretty metal. That's pretty metal. <laughs> That's pretty metal. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I guess... want to see this movie you're talking about. I where know, they're cutting right? people in half and there's like gobstopper inside. That's yeah, amazing. They don't, uh, they don't, yeah, they don't derez. They just, they hang out <laughs> one arm clawing their torso. Yeah. Well, at least, I mean, they're half size. Maybe that's what happens when you zip a file. Yeah, Yeah. maybe that's what happens. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, uh, Yeah, again, I just, that would be some wonderful things to include. (laughs) But they would have to be like, you have to walk that line if you're going to make it again about how computer savvy your audience is. Right, yeah. Right, because there's a lot of stuff you could do regarding like dead media and uh, the the internet and, uh, and, Mm. yeah, like, compression rates and all that kind of stuff well you'd probably end up with ralph breaks the internet yeah <laughs> that's what you'd get <laughs> which i really enjoyed it was actually much better than I th- like the trailers oh. oh the trailer did not do it any favors but i loved it yeah it was good i was i was shocked at how good it was i, I saw it twice i was like oh this is and, I, and as i was watching it i was like this is kind of the tron sequel that i want <laughs> yeah i could see that <laughs> and it's uh, it's ralph breaks the internet i'll take what i can get yeah, but, uh, <laughs> it's a spiritual successor. It's a spiritual successor. <laughs> that's what it is. That's exactly the term. That's what it is. A spiritual successor. All right. Well, thanks a lot for uh, being here for minute seventy-seven. You want to come back for minute seventy-eight? I'd be honored. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'll see you there when that happens. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, check out more at tronologicallyspeaking.com. Drop us a line on Twitter at tronologicallyspeaking. Or send us an email at tronologicallyspeaking at gmail.com. Or join us on Facebook at the Tronologically Speaking Minute by Minute Listeners page. Uh, shout out to Pond5 for the music. And go on over to moviesbyminutes.com and check out the huge list of movies that have already been done in this format. See if your favorite movie is there, which it probably is, but on the off chance it isn't, then consider doing it yourself because it's a really wonderful community that's uh, started up around these podcasts and it's very much worth doing. Uh, Do you want to try a little end of line on three again? I think I'm ready this time. All right, okay. One, two, three. End End of line. line.